So for the second time in not too long of a time span, we have in our gospel readings the account of Jesus' baptism in the River Jordan. It comes to us uh, sort of quickly after the story of the Nativity at Christmas time. And in that context, that is the part of the narrative of the Epiphany season in which Christ is manifest to the world. And more focus in that particular reading of the text is put upon the, uh, the fact that there was a great crowd of people around. All those who had come to be baptized by John in the River Jordan were witness to this and heard the voice of God say, this is my son. But now in the first Sunday of Lent, we hear this story again. And, and again, this is one of those uh, scriptural tales that is told year after year at the same time in the same place, although uh, from different uh, Gospels, uh, respectively, year to year. But in this case, the focus is mostly on Jesus. Of course, John is mentioned because, of course, he is the baptizer. But Mark is... Uh, is uh, characteristically succinct. And in his story, you don't get a lot of background information. It's just right to the point. In those days, Jesus came up from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. It's nothing about crowds and uh, any more detail or color about John himself, but just that he went and was baptized. And as he was coming out of the water, the heavens were torn apart and the spirit was descending like a dove on him, and the voice of God was heard to say, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Here is where the story cuts off in the Epiphany season, because that's all we need to know for that context. But here in Lent, we get a little bit more added to the end, a little bit more context to what happened after Jesus was baptized. Immediately, the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, and he was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Again, in other Gospels, there is more detail about the actual temptation of Christ. We hear the story of how Satan tempted him with great power. He tempted him with just the bare necessities of food. Remember when he tempted Jesus to turn a stone into a loaf of bread when he was very hungry, and Jesus said to him, man does not live by bread alone. And eventually, he's sort of shooed away when Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. He's gone. But that's, the temptation is an interesting story as well, but again, that's not exactly the point of this first Sunday in Lent. We heard in the reading from 1 Peter about how the flood, the story of the flood, prefigures baptism. In, it, in that story, we all know the story from Sunday school, I'm sure, in it Noah and his immediate family are saved from the great flood which destroys all of the earth and all the creatures of the earth are also destroyed except for those who he has in the ark. And for 40 days, they're on the water in this ark, surviving, and then eventually the waters subside and a new covenant is made. God puts his rainbow in the sky as a promise 
that never again will the entire earth be destroyed by flood. And so through riding in this dangerous water, this uh, water that could have killed them, Noah and his family passed through to a new covenant. And so it is with baptism, that as we go down into the water or as we are sprinkled as small children, we go down into the water, we go down into the tomb, we go down into death. We die to sin, we die to self, and we are raised as new people, not just as new individuals, but we are grafted onto a body. We are grafted onto the body of Christ, the church. We become brothers and sisters of Christ and brothers and sisters of one another, and therefore family, and therefore bound to each other and responsible for each other. This is, the, for me, one of the appealing things about the type of Christianity that we practice here, this sort of sacramental, uh, liturgical Christianity, is that we, our focus is on Christ in the Eucharist, and our focus, because of that, we are focused on one another, and we, in essence, we are all in it together. The tradition that I grew up in was much more individualistic. It was all about your personal relationship with your personal Savior, Jesus Christ. And that it uh, could work for some people. For me, I find much more meaning and purpose in Christianity in this more communal expression of it. And so what does this baptism of Christ mean for us as we begin our journey of Lent? As Christ was baptized... As he began this practice, which, of course, has its roots in uh, the ritual baths of ancient Judaism. But as he began this new thing, this new thing of baptism, which he commanded us all to go forth and do, the first thing that happened was not that they went out to lunch afterwards. It was that he was driven out into the wilderness to pray, to face his temptations, and to come back a changed man. Even though he was the son of God, scripture says, he did not account that as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. And so he allowed himself to face and feel all of the range of human experience and emotion and temptation that we do. We believe believe he lived his life without sin, but nevertheless, he faced down all the same temptations and trials that we do. And so, what is the wilderness that we are put out into? Not a place, of course, here in in the U.S., I think of the wilderness as sort of woodsy, but I think for Jesus, it was more of a desert, a dry place, a barren place, a place that's not comfortable, hot, full of uh, creatures that could sting or kill you. And so that's sort of, I think, a metaphor for the world. We want to live in in comfort and safety, and that's just natural. But the fact is that we are people of the world. We are in the world, and we are called to be Jesus' lights in this world because we are grafted into him through baptism just like he was, because we are grafted into brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ. We're all in it together. We're all family together. 
And so we go through the wilderness of this world, which is oftentimes a very dark place. As we have seen this week with yet another mass shooting in our country. And 17 innocent people, mostly young uh, teenagers, just beginning to experience life, had their lives cut short. And it's easy to succumb to the darkness, isn't it? It's easy to, uh, to lash out or to uh, try to argue with people about this. But we must think, what it, when we're in this time of trial in the wilderness and we are being tempted by Satan, how do we react? Do we keep our, our wits about us even though, even though we are hungry for that bread of life like Jesus was? Do we let our weakness get the best of us, or do we rise and accept the ministration of angels like Jesus did in the wilderness and come back out of that sojourn, different people, changed people, people who have a purpose and a mission? I think that is what we are called to do through this time of Lent. We have 40 days, not counting our Sundays, of time for introspection, time for prayer, time for studying of the scriptures, and time for discernment. Life is all about discernment. It doesn't matter what stage of life you are in. As one of my uh, bishops told me once when I was uh, having a conversation with him about, I was turning 40 and my life and career and everything, and he said, Rick, there are no plateaus in life. It's not like you don't get to a certain point and then it's all easy or you don't get to a certain point and you're done. All throughout your life, you're struggling and you're journeying with God and with Christ and with your brothers and sisters. So let's put this Lent to good use and think about the work that needs to be done in our community and in our country and in our world. And hunger with Jesus for righteousness, hunger with Jesus for justice, and lean on him in the times when we are tempted to give in to our darker sides and make it through that other side of Lent to the cross where we leave all of that at his feet and we rejoice in his eventual final resurrection. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.